listening to First Church Charlotte. Lord, speak to us today. God, bring us to an experience with you. Bring us to a place in you this year that we've never been before. Help our minds and our hearts to expand our faith to expand. God, you are able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we, come on, say it, all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, according to the faith that is working in us. If you believe that he's here today, come on, if you believe that he's got something for you and your family, if you believe that he can turn it around, if you believe that he's good, just thank him one more time. God, we worship you. Amen. You can be seated today. It's so good to be in the house of God. Look at someone and say, you look nice. Man, they've been waiting for you to tell them that all day. Tell them one more time. You look nice. If you are new here this morning, if it's your first time, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for attending. Let's give all of our guests a hand today. Amen. My, my, name, my name is John, and I pastor a congregation in Wilson, North Carolina, and I have, I have been blessed to become friends with Pastor Nathan over the last nine or ten years. Before that, I remember being at the church that I worked at in Denver, Colorado, and the elder would come and preach, and I got to meet him there, and I was just a, a youngster, and he really didn't pay me any attention back then. I'm just kidding. That's the opposite. What I love about this family right here, and I think I've told you before, is from day one, they, they treat you like you're so important, like you matter, and it just makes you feel good. How many just like to feel good? Hey, man, I love, I love Brother Elms and his wife. Thank you so much. I love this church, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to speak to you today for a few minutes, and I want to keep it very, very simple today. Amen? How many like simple things? How many of you... <laughs> I like simple things. <laughs> How many of you know a simple person? <laughs> Just tell someone, you're so simple. <laughs> it's good. Like, it's good just to be simple sometimes and and, and I want to take you back in time today. How many, how many would love to go back in time? <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome to be able to go back in time and change some things about your life? How many of you, you look back at your wedding photo and you're like, man, I wish I wouldn't have worn that tuxedo. Man, I wish I wouldn't have had that hairstyle. I'm telling my boys right now, which they were here in the earlier service and they went to eat, but I forgot to mention they were here, but they're so awesome. But I told one of them last, a few, last two weeks, I said, you're going to regret that hairdo right there. I'm telling you. How many know what I'm talking about? How many would like to go back in time and change some things? Today, I'm going to go back in time, and I want you to go with me in your mind to a place where Jesus was. And when I read this story in Mark chapter 6, there's something that is so exciting about it. And I want to look at this story, not, not, not uh, just to hear it again, because I'm sure that you've heard this story before, not just to hear it in a message and then walk away and say, man, that was, that was great. What a great story. Wow, that was Jesus is really something. But I want to look at this story today, and I want us to really try to imagine and envision and grasp and think about how we as people of God in 2020, we can relive this Jesus experience over and over again in our own lives. Everybody say the Jesus experience. Jesus experience. 
That's what we're going to talk about today, the Jesus experience. And the context surrounding this story in Jesus' ministry is very interesting. This time frame in the life of Jesus is where you hear these things. Um, uh, you've probably heard these things before. They said things about Jesus like, where did this man get these things that he's speaking about? They said, how is he so wise? They said, what about all of these remarkable miracles that he, he is performing? They said this, and maybe you've heard this quote. They said, isn't that just Mary and Joseph's son? Isn't he just a carpenter? They, they asked this question. Is, is it not his brothers and his sisters that are sitting right over there? Who does Jesus think that he is? These are the things that were being asked. And the scripture says that the people in, in Mark chapter six, they, they took offense at him in his own hometown. And this is where Jesus makes this powerful statement. And it's a famous statement. And basically he says, a prophet receives honor everywhere. A prophet receives honor everywhere except in his own hometown among his own relatives. And I can tell you this morning, as you begin to look at this story, and as you begin to think about your life, as you begin to think about your walk with God, the easiest way to make sure that Jesus is not doing great things in your town, the easiest way to make sure that God is not moving in your life or in your family, or in your church, is for you to be like one of these people in Jesus' hometown and just become very familiar with it all and just begin to doubt and begin to look at the work of Jesus from a place of familiarity. And eventually, you will begin to look at him and the work of the kingdom of God from a place of doubt. Amen. The scripture says that Jesus was amazed at what? Anybody know? He was amazed. Come on, talk back to me. He was amazed at their lack of faith. He was amazed how, how little faith they had. There's several stories in the Bible that we preach about where we talk about Jesus was amazed at their faith. It was incredible. He said, I haven't seen this much faith in all of Israel and all of these things we preach about. But in this instant, Jesus looked at this area, his hometown, and he was literally amazed that they had almost zero faith. So this is the context of Mark chapter six. Jesus leaves his hometown and, and he kicks the dust off of his feet and he begins to travel from village to village and he calls these 12 men, these disciples, these world changers to himself and he begins to send them out. He says, I'm gonna send you out two by two and he began to tell them what to do. Uh, don't worry about what you're gonna eat, what you're gonna wear. Don't worry about what tomorrow holds. Just go out and begin to spread the gospel of the kingdom, begin to take dominion and then he tells tells them, referencing what he had already done just a few days prior, he says, listen, guys, if they do not listen to you, leave. Don't you want to just tell some, hey, you're not listening to me, I'm leaving. See ya. Just tell your neighbor bye, because you're not listening to me. Like Jesus says, if, if you're spreading the gospel the, and, and you're preaching this message and they're not listening to you, leave from that place. He says, shake the dust off of your feet and move on. The original move on, move on, move on. So they go out 
And they begin, the scripture says, to drive out many demons. And they begin to anoint many sick people with oil. And the story goes that many people were being healed. There were these amazing miracles, these, these exploits, these, these like bursts of, of kingdom-like events that were happening everywhere there went. Why? Because Jesus sent them and he said, go do it. And they did it. So humans, um, how many humans do we have here today? Okay. How, how many, how many just normal people do we have here today? Okay. Y'all come on, you guys. We might need to turn the lights up because everyone's kind of, how many humans are here today? Please just raise your hand for me. Cause I'm, I can't move on until I see your hand. <laughs> Man, it was like three people. I'm not kidding you that raised their hand. Humans haven't changed very much in 2,000 years since this story. What do we do when something amazing happens? What do we do? We tell people. We tell people, like, we got, we got to tell somebody. We, we, we just have to tell somebody. Back then, they told them in the village market. They, they told them at the gate of the city. They would sit around and talk. They, they, would, they would sit down or, or lay down over a meal at supper time, and they would share whatever was going on. What do we do in 2020? What do we do? I feel like it's way too dark back there. Y'all are, y'all are way too tired back there. What do we do in 2020? We post about it, right? On social media. It, it doesn't even have to be like something that is, that is truly amazing. And, and, and this is the problem with social media. We, we, we think everything is amazing. And, and, and everybody has to post about everything. And, and, I, and I told the first service, you, you could have eaten a, a, an amazing like, like bean and cheese burrito. How many have eaten an amazing bean and cheese burrito? And either you think it's so good and you just think, well, just the world has to know about this. All, all 35 of the followers that I have, they have got to know. And then after I post it, I'm going to check every five minutes to make sure that these people just know how good my burrito was. And we have to tell everybody there's something in our nature that wants to tell when something good happens to us. So we post it. And then we put the hashtags, right? What are the hashtags? Hashtag refried beans. How many love refried beans? Hashtag best burrito ever. Hashtag Taco Bell. Right? How many just think Taco Bell has the best bean burritos ever? (laughs) Nobody. Oh, man, it's terrible. Terrible place. Terrible place. Don't recommend it. So as you can imagine, they begin to talk, man. All of, all of these, these awesome things are happening. And Jesus' name, the name of Jesus. Everybody say the name of Jesus. The name Jesus was beginning to spread and his fame was becoming known. And even King Herod heard about it. And he asked the question, is, is this John the Baptist that is raised from the dead? In other words, he was saying that there's nobody that has come along that has shaken up the spiritual atmosphere and has stirred up this much anticipation since John. So this is the context of Mark chapter six. And in this chapter, the disciples, the apostles, they gathered around Jesus and, and now they're beginning to tell him, this is everything that has been done in your name. This is what we did all day yesterday and the day before. And there was so much excitement. People were coming in and people were going out. And it was one of those days where they were so busy with ministry that they didn't even have time to stop and eat. 
How many have ever had a busy day of ministry like that? Y'all need to get involved. That, that could also be, uh, uh, <laughs> that could also be your diet plan for this year. How many are looking on a diet this year? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to be honest. We should see more hands. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. Y'all are awesome. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. How many need a good diet plan this year? I know I do. This could be a great diet plan. You get so heavily involved in ministry in 2020 that, that, that you don't have time to eat. Think about that. They, they were so heavily involved in ministry that they didn't have time to eat. That's incredible. In other words, they weren't thinking about the things that we normally think about all the time. What are we, what are we always thinking about? You get to work you get there at, you know, I don't know what time you get there. Let's say eight o'clock. That's a traditional time. You get there at eight and by like eight 35, you know, you're thinking about what you're going to eat for lunch. I told the first service, probably all of you have already thought, where are we going to eat after this? We're thinking about food all the time, right? They were so involved, they were so obedient to Jesus that they didn't even worry about what they would take to eat. They didn't take time to stop and eat. They were just working and spreading the dominion that was in the kingdom of God. So here they are. They are tired. They are hungry. They're exhausted. They come back to Jesus. There's people all around. And Jesus says to them, guys, I see that you're tired and this is what I want to do. He says, let's get away and let's go to a quiet place. And in that quiet place, we are going to get some rest. Now, if you're here today and you're involved in ministry and you've been doing ministry for a while and you're a little bit tired, have you ever gotten tired when you're just doing ministry? If you haven't, you need to get involved in ministry. And if you get involved in ministry, you'll get tired eventually. But if you're here today and you just need, you just need a, a place of rest, the best thing you can do is just get away from ministry for a while. Find yourself a place to pray. Find a place to meditate. Find a place to listen and be in the presence of Jesus. Amen. So they, they decide, you know, we're going to go with Jesus. In Mark 6.32, it says this. They, they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. That was the plan. And, and that's pretty cool. They, they basically went on this boat. They went on this cruise with Jesus. They went on a mini vacation away from all of this ministry. Now, how many here today have ever been on a cruise? <laughs> Everybody say, yes, Lord. I mean, I want to go. I haven't been on one yet, but they, they, they're on this boat. And, and, and uh, when, whenever you're leaving the port, uh, whenever you're leaving the port on a cruise, I happen to love boats. I don't know what is wrong with me. I love boats. I don't have a boat, but I've been talking about buying a boat for 20 years. Like, I'm going to buy a boat. And, and man, I'm going to take my kids out, and we're going to fish, and we're going to... And now my kids are almost all grown and moved out of the house. I still don't... But I love boats. I watch, like, the inlet videos. I don't know if you know, I, I watch the harbor videos where the boats come into the inlet and I watch them hit the waves. Like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I love it, but I want to go on a cruise someday. How many of you have been on a cruise? I haven't been on a cruise. I will tell you when I do go on a cruise, I'm going to be the guy at the top. Whenever you leave on a cruise, everybody sees that big boat beginning to move. Right. And there's people standing down there and they're waving. Right. 
Have you ever been on top of a boat and waved down at people? I haven't. You have? I'm going to do that someday. You know what's going to be going through my mind the entire time I'm up there waving? See you, suckers. <laughs> I'll be back in 14 days. I'm going on a 14-day cruise. So they, they, they set out on this boat. I want you to think about, they, they get on this boat with Jesus, but some, somehow, and again, human nature has not changed much. Uh, uh, somehow the information leaked out of this top secret meeting that Jesus had with his disciples. And the information leaked out and they found out where Jesus was going. And in Mark chapter six, verse 33, it says that all of these people, this multitude, they begin to run ahead. They ran ahead on foot. These people were so excited about the impact of the ministry of Jesus and the impact of these disciples. They were doing incredible things. They were so excited that they wanted more of it. Imagine that. They wanted more of this incredible ministry of Jesus. So they gathered. They begin to gather from all the surrounding towns and villages and hamlets and all the other little names you can come up for a city. And they begin to run until finally there is this massive crowd of people that are there waiting for Jesus in this leaked location before he even got there. So now Jesus arrives. Here he comes. He comes, he comes rolling up. Uh, he comes floating up. He comes, you know, coming in on the boat. And, and, and when Jesus begins to see all these people, this, this is where you're familiar with the story. He sees this multitude and he sees this large crowd. And, and Jesus begins to do what he does best. What does he do? He has compassion on all these people. That's the first thing that he has compassion if you're trying to get away from the hustle and bustle of your life and your job and you get on a cruise liner and you leave out of Florida and you're going to the islands and now you're down in the islands and when you get there, all of a sudden you see all your customers, all your coworkers, everybody's there and they're like, hey, I need you to fax this. And that's what was going on. But Jesus, we would, be, we, we would say, man, I'm on this cruise to get away from all of this, right? Come on, somebody help me today. Jesus sees this multitude and he has a different reaction. He has compassion on them. He realizes at this moment and he sees them as sheep without a shepherd. And, and guess what sheep do? Man, I feel like the first crowd was smarter because they answered this question. What do sheep do? They eat. Have you ever driven down an old country road and you saw a pasture and you saw 13,000 sheep out there? What is every single one of them doing? They're just eating. That's all they do all day long. I'm going to stop one day and I'm going to walk up to one and say, do you do anything else besides eat? You probably just look at me and then start eating again. That's what they do. So Jesus, he sees people like sheep that don't have a shepherd. They're hungry. They, haven't, they don't have a green pasture to eat in. And, and so Jesus recognizes this and he begins to feed them. How does Jesus begin to feed them? He begins to teach them many things. What a day. I want you to imagine being there and, 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 and you ran from all the way around the lake. You got to the place where he was going. The information leaked out. You came from your town. You were so excited. You brought your family and your wife and your husband and your kids. And, and now Jesus is stepping out of this boat. He's stepping right back into ministry and he begins teaching. Everybody say, Jesus is teaching. Man, Jesus taught a lot. Jesus is there. He's teaching. And teaching, 
and he's teaching and he's teaching and man, he's still teaching. And everybody say, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. But man, he's teaching so long. Now it's dinner time. And the scripts and, the, and, and, and in this story, it's interesting because this had to have happened behind the scenes. The disciples are kind of talking with, with one another off to the side and, and they're saying like, no, man, you go tell them. No, I'm not going to go. I'm not walking up there in front of all these people and tell them. You go tell them. I'm not. You go tell them. Come on. You're the bold one. You go tell them. No, no, no. They were having. Finally, they decided we'll just all go tell them. And the scripture says the disciples came to him and they said, hey, Jesus, this is a remote place and it's getting kind of late in the day. And these people need to what? Eat. Amen. They need to eat. Imagine that. Imagine that happening to Jesus. These guys getting the nerve up to come up and say, um, these people are hungry. You need to wrap it up. <laughs> That's basically what happened. Imagine just in first church, if, if the ushers would get some, some, you know, some manliness. Oh, you so manly. The ushers get some, just get some, you know, some, some nerve up and a group of men, a group of distinguished men. And, and, and one day when, when pastor Nathan's up here, just going on and on and on and on and on, just want y'all just come up as a group and just walk right up to him right here. Can you imagine that? And say, Hey bro, listen, this is real great, but we're going to need you to wrap it up because all these people are hungry. It's dinner time. Could you imagine that happening in this little church? I mean, I say little church compared to this crowd. They walk right up there and, 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 and they say, Jesus, we need you to wrap it up. I, 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 <laughs> my, my wife, I, 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 this is funny. My wife told me, this is just recently, maybe in the last month, she said, she said John, this is a quote, John, I almost died when, when after 40 minutes you said, now on to point two. That's what she said to me. My kids make fun of me. They're like, they're really telling me, hey, you got to start bringing it down, man. You're, you're getting a little carried away. But I, 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 I want you to know how good point one was that I went for 40 minutes. I really did. Matter of fact, I got so excited about this sermon. I wrote this sermon last, uh, I think, Monday or Tuesday, and I went to Midweek Connection, and it was supposed to be a 10-minute devotional, and I ended up preaching for like an hour on a Wednesday night, uh, this right here, not with notes, but I just read it from the scripture, and all these things were just flooding into my heart and my mind, but that's what's going on. Jesus is just teaching and teaching, and, and, so, and, so, and so they tell Jesus, hey, it's time for you to send them away into the surrounding villages to get some food, and, and this is where I wonder when I read this, I wonder if Jesus had this up his sleeve the whole time. I wonder if he was thinking like on a Monday, Hey, this is going to be a good week this week. This is the week on Thursday when I'm going to do this stunt with the boat where we go somewhere. And then I'm going to do this amazing miracle. I'm going to show these guys some stuff. I wonder if Jesus knew what was going on as they come up and they interrupt them and they say, Hey, you know, wrap it up. Jesus looks at him and he says, Oh, they're hungry. He says, you guys feed them. That's what he said. You feed them. They look at Jesus and the scripture says, basically, they said it would take a half a year's wage to buy this many people just a little bit of bread. And, and so Jesus responds and, and he asks them, he says, how much bread do you have? And then he says, go and find out how much bread we have in this multitude of people. And after they do some investigating, they report back to Jesus and they say, we have exactly five loaves. And what? Two fish. 
Everybody say five loaves, five loaves. Two, fish. two fish. That's really amazing. All they got from this large multitude of people was five loaves of bread and two fish. Now, we always preach about this miracle, but I want you to think about what's going on in their hearts when they were so excited to go where Jesus was that they, nobody brought any food. We're going to, they just, they abandoned everything. They just said, we're going, they didn't bring anything. All they got was five loaves and two fish. That's it. None of them brought food, but that seems to be okay with Jesus. And Jesus is probably thinking, oh, this is working out even better than I thought it was going to. Maybe Jesus anticipated there being 12 loaves. Maybe he thought, maybe I can get 20 loaves and maybe I can get, you know, 30 fish and maybe I can do this miracle. But it's like, it's like the smaller, the better for Jesus. The, the, the smaller, the amount, the better. And Jesus, this is great. And, and Jesus tells them in Mark six thirty nine, he says, sit down. Where does he tell them to sit down? Come on, everybody say the green grass. Green grass. I, don't, I don't know why, but he says, sit down on the green grass. Don't sit down on the brown grass, just the green grass. And I don't know what this detail is all about, but if Jesus says to me or Jesus says to you or Jesus says to the disciples or Jesus says to this church, I want you to sit down on the green grass, guess where we should be sitting? on the green grass. Why? I don't know why, but Jesus told us to do it. So they did it in groups of 50 in groups of hundred. And, and right here, this is church growth teaching. Jesus said, this is the system that we are going to use to minister and feed the multitudes that are here today. And so they did it. Everybody say they did it. They sit them down. They arrange everyone just as Jesus told them to do. And then, and then Jesus takes the five loaves and the two fish. He takes what they had given him. And, 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 and now we see Jesus and he's holding the bread and, and he's looking up into heaven. Okay, so imagine I'm standing here with a loaf of bread and I'm looking up into heaven. What would you think? We know this story, so we just think, oh, yeah, that's what he did. But if you were there, he's standing there, and he's looking up into heaven. Everyone look up into heaven with Jesus. Like, what's he looking at? They're, they're like, what's he looking at? Like, what, what's going on? They begin to talk, like, what, what's happening here? What, what, what's going on? And, and, and one guy says, I don't know what he's doing, but be quiet because he's starting to talk. And then we begin to read, Jesus is now praying, and Jesus is giving thanks for this bread. And, and, and then all of a sudden, Jesus begins to start breaking the bread. Everybody say, breaking the bread. Breaking. He begins to break the bread and he begins to pass it out and breaking it and breaking it and passing it out and passing it out. And, and all of a sudden the food is being distributed to all of these people in groups of 50 and 100. And in my mind, I don't know what you think about when you read the Bible, but in my mind, I'm thinking of, you know, uh, somebody yelling from the back, hey, uh, we need 50 more pieces of bread back here got you and they send 50 more pieces back there and then somebody else shouting shouting out and saying hey we need some more fish over here in the back and jesus saying more fish yeah more fish can you imagine this did you say fish yes fish jesus bring the fish do you want more bread with that no just the fish <laughs> Got it. Jesus said, hey, Peter, come here. Man, be a pal, man. I need to take James and John, this basket of fish back there in the back. Peter says, do they need bread too? No, they just need the fish. 
Sometimes we just read it and we're kind of boring, we're vanilla, but if you just read it with a little bit of like imagination, like a, like a six-year-old, you'll have a lot more fun. They bring this bread and Jesus is just, oh, can you imagine being there? He's just breaking it and passing it, breaking it and passing it until the entire crowd is full. The scripture says they were full. Thanksgiving day full. They were stuffed. The scripture says they were satisfied. Everybody say, wow. They were satisfied. Everybody say, wow. Wow. They were satisfied. Mark records that the disciples, at the end of this incredible miracle, they picked up 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish, and the number of men who had eaten that day, the number of men who didn't bring a lunch, the number of men who didn't bring a fish, the number of men that literally dropped everything and just went to where Jesus was, was over 5,000. Breaking and passing. Everybody say the Jesus experience. Man, they are getting the dose of Jesus. Can you, wouldn't you just love to have been there? Get some of that bread. There's something to be learned from all of this. It tells, it tells us a story. When you, we get into the details, but just like if you take a step back from the macro, like this is how the kingdom of God works. It's incredible. Something about this story informs us for the year 2020 of what our God life and what our family life and what our church life could be like if we acted out, if we, if we just attempted to just pick up some of the things that were going on in this story and we begin to mimic those things and, 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 and follow after those things in our own story, in our own life. I'm going to just pull out a few. First of all, first, everybody say, first of all, first of all, Jesus is in the middle of this entire story. Everybody say, Jesus Jesus. is in the middle. He's in the middle of it all. And and it's so simple. It's so simple. It's so simple. I wish somebody would just tell me every morning, hey, John, it's really simple today. Just keep Jesus in the center of your life. You ever just gone through a day and you got all, you know, I don't know what, I don't know. You veered off the course. You got a little sideways at work. You, you, you got into an argument. Oh, I'm getting, getting the family matters now. You got into an argument with your spouse and you're all up in arms and, and you know, smoke's coming out of your ears and all that. And then a few hours later thinking, what was that all about? Like that wasn't worth it. You know why? Sometimes this happens. We get derailed because Jesus is not at the center. So Jesus is at the center. What if you just said, you know what? This year, I'm going to try to live a life where Jesus is in the center, the middle of it all. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness. All these other things will be added. What if we just kept Jesus at the center? Then there was anticipation. Everybody say anticipation. Anticipation. Jesus is heading over there via boat and, 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 and the word leaks out to his destination. And, 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 and basically they just said, you know what, if he's going to be there in the next few hours, I'm going to be there before he gets there. That's what happened. Everybody say anticipation. They, they anticipated receiving something from this miracle working, this wisdom preaching rabbi. Everybody say one more time, anticipation. This year, we can experience God in a more meaningful way by simply anticipating more. That means we have got to wake up every day and just have a little bit more faith that God is working in our lives. Just, I want to believe just a little bit more that God is 
is actually directing my steps and that there's a purpose to what I'm doing and God is involved. I want to get to where Jesus is. And when I get there, I'm going to be expecting him to do something. Someone say amen. amen. Then, there was, then there was running. Everybody say running. running. Come on, say running. running. This is awesome. Not, not only do I want to be where Jesus is, but I, I can't. I, I just, I'm sorry. I can't walk. I can't walk. It, it takes too long to walk to get there. So I've got to run. I've got to run. How many, how many of you here like to run? spiritually you can run you got to just say you know what walking takes too long I'm going to run there's there's an urgency like in my life I've got to get there quick I I got to get there early I've got to beat so and so there why because I want to get on the front I want to be right there within earshot of Jesus I want to get the first serving of bread I want to get the first bite of the fish I want to be there so I can look Jesus in the eye I want to run there I've got to get close to where he is whenever you're running it's not very dignified right it's it's not very proper. It's, 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 not, it's not anything that's fancy. You start sweating. You start smelling. You know, you're just a mess after you get done running for a while. That's right. Try it sometime. You'll like it. It's awesome. Imagine what could happen in this church and in my church if in 2020, if everybody here, you begin to run to Jesus. Everybody say, I want to run to him. What if we just begin to run to him? What kind of excitement and revival in our hearts and harvest in our community could happen if everybody here began to run? Maybe, just maybe, just maybe if you started running toward Jesus, maybe the hurting, maybe the lost, maybe the world, maybe those that are depressed, if they see you running, maybe they'll say to themselves, man, if they're that excited and they're running to church, and they're so happy about it, and they're pumped up. Maybe I need to check it out. Maybe there is something good going on at First Church. But if somebody asks you on a Friday, what are you doing this weekend, Bob? And you're like, nothing. I'm going to church on Sunday. That's kind of our spirit sometimes. Man, you think they're going to want to come to your church? No, they're still going to the beach. Matter of fact, they're going to be like, thank God I'm going to the beach. Because I don't want to be that depressed about going to church. These people were running. They were running. Imagine if you ran. I'm talking about spiritually. You might want to run from your car. I don't know. But imagine if you ran. You were so excited. And they said, hey, what are you doing? this?" Oh, man, uh, tomorrow I got yard work and to spend some time with the kids. But Sunday we got this amazing uh, church service going on. And there's this, this guy coming from Wilson. He's like the best preacher ever. And um, just kidding. You got to come here on oh, pastor, pastor Nathan, man. He's awesome. He just breaks it down. The guy's brain weighs like 20 pounds. You got to come hear him. Imagine if you were excited, man, the band, the band's so awesome. You got to come check it out. You guys had a concert, right? You got to come to this concert. You're running towards the kingdom of God. You're running towards the things of God. You're running towards the church. You're excited. Amen. Just maybe the world would take note. There was inviting. In this story, there was inviting. Everybody say inviting. They said, if Jesus is going to be there, then I'm going to be there. 
If he's going to be there, I'm coming. I'm bringing my friends and family. And as they ran down the road, there were people shouting out, hey, where are you going? And as they ran by, they would say, we're going to meet Jesus. Where are you going? Jesus is down What would he say? Jesus. People are just sprinting by. We're going to see Jesus. People out there watering their yards, you know. What's going on? All these people are running. Hey, babe, let's go. Hey, I don't know where they're, they're going to see Jesus. Drop the hose. The hose is still running. They're flipping hamburgers. They just leave the grill going. They didn't say, hey, pack a lunch. Let's get everything. Get some chairs. Let's do all that. Let's load up the car. We're going to head. No, no. They started running from the surrounding towns. There was so much anticipation. People were saying, come and hear Jesus. And there were people that had already heard a little bit about Jesus. And they said, man, if these people are that excited, then what I heard must be true. And they begin to come. They begin to come, the multitudes. And, and I want to tell you today, the way that you approach the kingdom of God this year, the way that you talk about Jesus, the way that you talk about going to church on Sunday, it can have an impact on people. You may say, well, I, I don't really know how to teach a Bible study. Or I don't know how to share. I'm, I'm pretty quiet. I, I can't really, you know, I just, it's just hard for me to blah, blah, blah. How about you just be excited and you start running to the house of God? Amen. Amen. Maybe if you're excited and you're running, maybe someone will say, if it's that good, I got to check it out myself. There's so much more here in this story. There's a lot. There's a lot. Each one of these you could preach on. There was waiting. I just wrote it down. They were waiting. Everybody say waiting. How many love to wait? You know what we wait for? We wait for things that are good. And you can apply that really across the board. You wait for things that are good. If I walk into any number, almost all restaurants, really, I, I, on the way down here, I was starving. I hadn't eaten all day. And I saw at Concord, you know, I saw like the Texas Roadhouse. And of course, my boards are like, yeah, let's go get a steak. And I called. I got off the exit and I did a U-turn. I, was, I called and I said, how, how long is the wait for four? She said, 30 minutes. I said, yeah, all right, we're, we'll see you. Like, it's, I mean, Texas Roadhouse is pretty good, right? But I'm not going to wait for it. Like, that's... Like, I cannot stand waiting. Patience was my, was my fruit of the spirit challenge last year. I hated every day of it. I, I literally, I told my church, I said, I cannot wait for 2020 so that I can change it to like peace or joy or something. But in this story, they were, everybody say they were waiting. They just, they just ran ahead. They, they were there because remember when Jesus got there, he stepped off the boat and the multitude was there. They were waiting on him to arrive. They said, if I have to wait all day, I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait. I'm standing here. I'm hungry. You know what? I, it's okay. We didn't bring anything. We didn't, you know, we're, we're just waiting on Jesus. Just be quiet. We're going to eat later. I'm going to get into his presence. I'm going to wait. Everybody say listening. There was listening. They listened to Jesus teach and teach and teach. There was forsaking of food. They, 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 they forgot. They, they, were, they were doing an involuntary fast. They were fasting. Then we just, we just came out of a time of prayer and fasting. In our church, we're in the middle of two weeks of prayer and fasting. You know what? There's something about just forsaking food and just saying, I'm going to wait on him. Yeah. I want to hear him speak. And so I'm not worried about the things that I'm normally worried about. And every time you fast this year, whenever you're fasting and you begin to feel that hunger pain, just think of it as the call of God to just pray. Yeah. Every time that stomach begins to talk to you, that's God's voice saying, feed me. 
feeding me. He's, he's like, talk to me, talk to me. Let's have a relationship. And so these people are standing there. They're listening. They're waiting. They're hungry. They stayed when they were hungry because Jesus was feeding them spiritually. There was obedience. And I'm almost done. Everybody say obedience. God's blessings poured out on over 5,000 people because the disciples obeyed. Amen. What could happen in this church if the disciples would obey? Amen. Church, church systems to reach the world. Sometimes we look at them very, from just an analytical perspective. What if you just said, you know what? I know my pastor's been praying, and I know my pastor wants this church to grow, to reach more and more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I know that's what he wants, so I'm just going to sit down on the green grass. I'm going to do what he's asked to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help the leadership in any way that I can. I am going to obey. They could never have anticipated what was going to happen just on the other side of obedience. They, they, they had never seen anything like this before. And Jesus just said, hey, if you'll do this, I got, I got something up my sleeve. Something awesome is about to happen. God's blessing is just on the other side of your obedience. They witnessed the power of God. I'm going through these quickly. They, they witnessed the power of God. They ate until they were full. This is a picture of the kingdom of God. All of these things were happening in this experience with Jesus. There was so much blessing. They, they even gave back. There was so much blessing. There was leftovers. And they said, hey, we have too much. Give it back. Send it back up there. They're going to take it and they're going to give it to somebody else. This is what happens when you get in the presence of God. There's going to be so much blessing. I'm not talking about money. And I'm I'm talking, there's going to be so much blessing. You're going to have so much blessing in your life. You're going to be able to say, hey, let me share this with you. It's easy to give away food whenever you're full. You sit down at the table hungry, and, <laughs> and one of your kids tries to grab a fry off, off your plate. You smack their hand. Psh, don't touch my food. We used to pray when we were in, in, in uh, Bible school. We would always, we made a joke. Someone pray, and then we would just, everybody would put their, we'd go over our food. <laughs> God, bless the food and bless the missionaries, blah, blah, blah. And make sure nobody was taken. Because, because when you're hungry, but when you're full of blessing, Man, it's so much easier to share. Hey, this is so good. You got to have some of this. This is what happens when we get into the kingdom of God and we begin to experience and we begin to seek after these things in our life. How many want more of him today? Stand with me. This year, every person here can experience Jesus in this way. You 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 can come to him hungry. You can come without a lunch. But you know what? When you come to him hungry, guess how you're going to leave? You're going to leave full. Tell someone you're going to leave full today. You can come empty, but you're going to leave with plenty. You you can come dry and thirsty, but you are going to leave refreshed. Come on, somebody. The choice is up to you. It's how you approach him today. You can leave with your life changed forever. So today... We're getting ready to worship. We're getting ready to run to him. You have the rest of this year. We're right at the beginning. You you need to make a decision. I am going to run to him this year. I'm going to anticipate this year. I'm going to believe more. Today, Jesus is in this place. He is ready to touch lives. He's ready to feed the hungry. He's moving in this place. And right now, God, we pray that faith would begin to rise in your people. 
Whatever the need is in this room, in every heart, in every family, in every home, right now, God, let our faith be in you. Right now, in Jesus' name, would you lift your hands all over this room and begin to worship him? Come on, begin to worship him. Begin to worship him. Begin to worship Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you will help others find our free podcast and bless them. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to help support our efforts, please text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come worship with us.